Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Genesis 4, our Old Testament reading for this morning. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. This is God's word. There are a couple different words that describe what we do here on Sunday morning. And they're used almost interchangeably, but they both reflect sort of opposite ideas. Someone asks me, what happens at 9 a.m. at our Redeemer here in Kingsford? I, they might ask me, what time is worship at? It's a word we often use to describe what this is, and it is indeed worship. Or a person might ask me, Pastor, what time do you have service on Sunday morning? Same answer, right? We're gathered here at the same time, 9 o'clock. Some would call it worship. Some would call it the service. And both words would be accurate descriptions of what takes place here. But like I said, they reflect sort of opposite emphases. Worship indicates something that you and I do. It's our actions, right? When we worship, right, we're the subject of that verb. We come together and we, we give certain things to God. We give him our praise. We give him our prayers. We give him our thanksgiving. We bring him our offerings. We bring these things before him because we acknowledge that he is God and he rules over us as Lord. But the word service which is a pretty commonly used word by Christians throughout different traditions. But you know what? Really, it's the Lutherans to thank for really claiming that word, calling what we do a church service. Now, it's been used for a long time in the history of the church, calling people gathering together for what they do a service. But it was the Lutherans at the time of the Reformation who really emphasized that what happens here is that God gives to us. He forgives our sins. He gives the promise of eternal life. He saves us from sin, death, and the devil. He comes to us in body and blood. It's God serving us. Hence his service toward us. But no doubt both those things are happening. The worship we give to God is in response to the wonderful, amazing things that he's given to us. Now Cain and Abel are both people who brought their worship to God. They both brought him an offering. We read of Cain, it was an offering of the fruit of the ground, because Cain worked the fields. Abel, however, 
cared for flocks. And so he brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Now, there's no distinction here that says somehow that it was good to give an animal to the Lord, but bad to give grains or fruits to the Lord. Because we know that later on in the Old Testament, God would actually command Israel to bring both kinds of offerings to him, depending on the context. Why then does the Lord have regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard? There's a difference that exists in the heart of Cain and in the heart of his brother Abel. Abel, who gives of his flock, gives to God out of an awareness of God's goodness. He gives knowing that he has a God who has loved him and cared for him, whereas Cain gives out of obligation. Without an awareness of the goodness of God that comes to him first and foremost. Cain is focused on what he owes to God. And don't we often as Christians have a very similar attitude towards the worship that we bring to him? Worship is good. We should give praise and thanks to God. We should bring him our tithes and our offerings. We should bring him our prayers. But it needs to be repeated if you do so out of obligation, thinking that somehow you're going to win favor with God, you've got it wrong. We are so accustomed to treating what we do here on Sunday morning as some sort of magic talisman, a lucky charm, don't we? If I start the week off right, and I mean, I've, I, this is the same with me, I've had times in my life where I didn't go to church on Sunday morning and things fell off, right? Maybe you've experienced that. You don't start your week the right way. We, we, we tend to think somehow it's this lucky charm that if I, if I go to church on Sunday morning, I'm going to get God's favor for the rest of the week. Now, it's a good thing to start your week with the worship of the Lord, but as God initially instituted worship, the day of worship for Israel was the last day of the week, the Sabbath, Saturday. What is the offering that God wants us to bring him. What is the offering that Abel offered that pleased God as opposed to the one from Cain that God had no regard toward? Hearts that give to God out of obligation thinking they will somehow placate him or get him on their side. They will always fall short. And they will open themselves up to the sin that is crouching at the door. It is a dangerous thing 
to think that you will somehow please God by living a good enough life. There's a Pharisee in our gospel for today who focuses on what he gives God and thinks he has somehow pleased God because of it. God, I thank you I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. He looks at himself as having somehow done his part. And how easy it would be to walk out of here this morning patting ourselves on the back thinking, I did my part this week, right? I came. I'm here. Thank God I'm not like other men. Thank God I'm not like those, those heathens, those unbelievers who don't go to church on Sunday morning. Thank God I never pass on the plate when it comes by me. I always put something in it. Thank God I come more times a week to worship than that other person over there. Thank God I do this. Thank God I do that. That I'm not like others. What offering does God want from you? Well, King David, who we've referenced quite a bit in going through the Old Testament, and did just a couple weeks ago. And I've made point to point out that week in and week out in our divine service, we sing David's words as our offertory. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Those are David's words as he was confronted with his sin with Bathsheba by the prophet Nathan. He's saying those words that we sing week in and week out. And in that very same psalm, Psalm 51, David said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The offering that God asks you to bring him this morning, to lay down before his throne, to lay down before the cross of his son Jesus, is your broken spirit, your broken heart, your guilt, your shame brokenness. The Lord God invites the broken to come to him and offer him their sin. That is the offering he wants of you. And that is not to say That we should not give God our obedience. Of course we should. That is not to say we shouldn't put anything in the offering plate. Of course we should. That is not to say we shouldn't lift up songs of praise and thanksgiving to God on high. 
Of course we should. But instead of doing it out of obligation, thinking that we will somehow win God onto our side, we do it knowing that God is already on our side because the blood of Jesus Christ covers the blood of sinners. It covers your blood. It covers my blood. Though some of us perhaps in life have plumbed the depths of our sin to see just how deep inside of us sin really goes. And if you've ever been overcome by your guilt and shame and failure, then you know how deep that can go. And yet, still the love of God in Jesus Christ who sheds his blood for us, that love runs even deeper. There is no depth of sin to which you can sink. There is no point of no return from which you are irredeemable. The blood that Jesus shed, he shed for you. And finding how deep your sin goes allows you to see yourself as God sees you, redeemed and treasured by the one who sent the Son. We are those who gather here with our praises, with our worship, with our thanksgiving, with our offerings. Because the great love of God has taken away our sin with his offering. His son. As Abel offered the best of his flock. So God the Father offered the best that is his son. That you would be justified, redeemed, and joined to him. And that means you are the best of what God has. You are loved by him. We don't know much about the tax collector in the parable that Jesus told other than his awareness of his guilt. But there is another story of a tax collector in the Gospels, Matthew, who upon being called to leave behind his tax collector booth and go and follow Jesus, encountered some brushback from the Pharisees. They came to Jesus and asked why he hung out with sinners, why he dined with the sinners, sat down at the table with them. And Jesus told them, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. The best offering you can bring is your guilt, your shame, your weakness, your sin. And we ought look around us 
Not as Cain looked at Abel and was jealous. Not as the Pharisee looked at the tax collector and saw himself as superior. Instead, let us look around us and see a fellow gathering of sinners redeemed in the same blood. And know that Jesus has come to call the sinners. He's called you. He's called me. To bring this offering of sin and lay it at his feet. And be washed in the blood of the best offering of all, Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.